WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Friday, July 28th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny, hot again today, high 94. Saturday, sun and clouds. Chance of an afternoon shower. Hour, uh, high 92, and then Sunday, much more pleasant. More clouds than sun. The high is going to be 82. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 73 partly cloudy in Nanuet up in Rockland County, 72 and cloudy in Alamuchi down in New Jersey, and it is 75 and foggy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Sid and friends in the morning, five, uh, six o'clock. Uh, so, Yesterday, I get home from work, and uh, for some reason, I'm in charge of walking the dog, even though we bought the dog for the kids. Somehow, that's become my job, one of the many jobs I have at home, but I'm fine with it. I'm in love with the dog. So, I open the door to take uh, Bailey, my little uh, cockapoo, out for a little walk, and we walk like a half a block. And, of course, it's like, at this point, it's you know, 93 degrees or something like that. And the dog looks at me and is like, are you kidding me? But, you know, I need to take the dog out so the dog can do its business. So, thankfully, we are right next to just three or four houses away from this just beautiful city park. So, uh, we walk over to the park and, uh, you know, she does thing in the grass. And um, we walk around and I see that, she, you know, she's unhappy. She's got fur. I understand what it must be like. It's kind of like wearing a winter jacket to go outside when it's hot out when you're a dog with uh, hair. Like, she's got a lot of hair. So, uh, we walk over uh, to this... Uh, part of the park that has a huge fountain and uh she's never done this before but she runs up the stairs of this fountain and she jumps in and she starts you know flailing around in the water i mean she's just having the time of her life she's drinking the water she's sitting down in the water she's getting soaking wet and as she's doing this and i'm enjoying watching this because i'm like oh okay she wants to cool off smart dog this woman comes over to me and she says you know you're not supposed to let dogs into the fountain. And she starts to lecture me. Now, she's not yelling at me. It's not a Karen moment, but she is lecturing me that I shouldn't have the dog in the fountain. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, who made you the mayor of the park that you can tell me not to have the dog in the fountain? This is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm smart enough to not say any of this stuff out loud because, you know, I've been in the news business a long time. And I know when you have those moments with people and they get angry, sometimes they pull out guns, sometimes they pull out knives. And then I end up talking about it right here on the 5 a.m. news hour. So I keep all those thoughts to myself, you know, that, oh, you're the mayor of the park. And I just I'm like, just leave me alone. So eventually she walks away and then I pull the dog. <laughs> I pull the dog out of the fountain and we start to walk away. And there is a sign. I have never seen this before. I don't know how I missed it. There's a sign the size of a billboard, basically, that says, uh, no dogs allowed in the fountain. <laughs> so she was right. I shouldn't have had the dog in the fountain. But, uh, boy, the dog had the time of its life. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Well, it will be another day of high heat in the big city. Search for a swimmer off Coney Island. President Trump pushing back against accusations. Neighbors in Queens don't want any more migrants. And why is Rex Yearman's yearbook up for sale? 
All right, let's get into it. 504, let's talk about another day of excessive heat warnings, advisories in effect. I mean, you kind of know what to do. You want to stay away from the heat and humidity in the AC if you have some. Hopefully you do. Drink a lot of water. It's just ridiculously hot. Really too hot to ride. My bike? Oh, no, it's pretty cool. Doesn't bother me, you know. Little sun. State parks, uh, extending hours at swimming facilities. Again, same goes for city parks, uh, city pools, city beaches. They'll be open later today, so uh, you can cool off. Definitely have some water. Stay hydrated and make sure you stay with the A.C. I think it's a climate disaster, and I think we're all going to have to get used to burning. Yeah, so in the news business, when you're doing a weather story, you always try to find somebody on the street who has to work out in the elements, right? So you can see what it's like to work out in the elements. And if it's cold, it kind of sucks. And if it's hot, it kind of sucks. Here's an ice cream truck worker. Definitely hide a man. <laughs> a lot more than usual. Yeah, and then uh, people complaining that they don't have the AC. And, I, boy, I can understand that. I mean, I, I can't even imagine going through yesterday with no AC. This guy bought a unit for his window. You have window units? Yeah. yeah. How is it? Uh, it's good as long as you have it on a few minutes before you actually walk into the house or leave it on before you go do your groceries and stuff. And Mayor Adams uh, holding a press conference yesterday opening up those cooling centers, 400 of them across the city. So there are places to go if you don't have AC in your house where you can hang out to get some relief. God, I can't even imagine how miserable that would be. Uh, Heat kills uh, more New Yorkers every year than any other kind of extreme weather event. And access to cooling is a matter of life and death. Yeah, it is in this weather for sure. The uh, city, by the way, also partnering with uh, Petco. The, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the dog and cat food store, what do you call that? A pet store? Uh, allowing residents to bring their uh, pets to certain Petco locations to cool off. Everyone should avoid strenuous outdoor activities, especially during the hottest part of the day. If you are outdoors or have to be outdoors, limit activity. I can also not emphasize enough the importance of prioritizing your well-being during this heat wave. Hydrating regularly is essential. Make sure you consume adequate amounts of water. Yeah, I think most people know this already. Uh, By the way, uh, just a tragedy down uh, in Coney Island. The search for a 15-year-old swimmer uh, reported missing, called off last night. Lifeguards, FDNY divers were scouring the water after a 911 call that reported that two teenagers went missing off the beach near West 22nd Street. This was about 1 o'clock yesterday. Same thing. They were just trying to cool off. Two brothers. Uh, they had been warned by people on the sand not to go in the water that the current was way too strong yesterday. I told them three or four times to stop jumping and stop playing in the water if you don't know how to swim. Then I saw everybody screaming, screaming. I wake up and I say, oh, my God, somebody's running, somebody's running. And there was just panic on the beach. Uh, a lot of good Samaritans, though, who raced into the water to try to get to these boys. He was drowned. He was in shock. He was, he was gasping for air. He was trying to, trying to breathe. Yeah, my brother. So I tried to. When I went around the rocks, the current was pulling me this way. So when I see his brother's head bobbing... Yeah, it's a little hard to understand what he's saying, but uh, they uh, they went in. They were able to get one brother. The other brother is the one who is missing, and uh, you know, just everybody doing their best to try to help these kids. It sucked that I couldn't save both of them. You know, I mean, it was great you saved one, but I felt like I did half a job today. Yeah, one of the people on the sand was a firefighter, and uh, the mom was there too. By the way, of these two teenage boys, I hope they find him soon because it's been quite a while. I, I wish we could have saved him. The mom, she was very. Um, 
like distraught. She, she ended up falling to the floor. Yeah, of course she was. So uh, they'll continue that search at daylight this morning. WABC News Time 509. It seems the two big candidates who want to be president, one who wants to hold on to the White House, the other who wants back the White House, are fighting back against all kinds of charges. Let's start with former President Trump blasting the Justice Department for what he calls abuse after more charges were filed against him in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case yesterday. Trump told Fox News Digital Thursday that this is what you get for leading the polls for the White House in 2024, calling the charges ridiculous. Special counsel Jack Smith is adding one defendant to the prior indictment against Trump and aide Walt Nauta, along with an additional charge of willful retention and two new obstruction counts. Trump and Nauta have already both pleaded not guilty to federal charges related to the documents. I'm Brian Shook. The top Democrat in the House speaking out on a potential third indictment for the former president, President Trump. Uh, here is House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Prosecutors and whatever judges may preside over the various court cases, as well as the defense attorneys, follow the facts, apply the law, be guided by the Constitution. Jeffrey says he it is his hope Trump will, he says, behave responsibly if he's indicted over his efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. I hope that former President Trump will behave responsibly moving forward, but I'm not holding my breath. So then you, of course, on the other side, you got the Biden stuff. The uh, White House says uh, it's ruling out a pardon for uh, the president's son, Hunter Biden. Yeah, Yeah, it was a one word answer there from Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre simply saying no when she was asked if a pardon for the president's son was possible. She repeated the Justice Department is independent and the president respects the rule of law. This comes, of course, after Hunter's plea deal involving tax and gun charges just fell apart on Wednesday. The Department of Justice is independent. We give them the space to be independent uh, and we respect the rule of law. Hunter was expected to plead guilty to do misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay income taxes, part of a deal with the Department of Justice announced last month. But the judge raised questions over the terms of the deal and asked both sides to file additional briefs explaining the plea deal's legal structuring. So they'll be back in court. And then you had House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he's only considering an impeachment inquiry into President Biden at this time, not impeachment. I'll let him explain. What impeachment inquiry does when you vote on the floor, it gives you the apex of power of Congress. McCarthy making this distinction while talking to reporters in D.C. yesterday. He says the inquiry gives Congress more power to obtain documents they need to investigate the president. I said impeachment inquiry. There is a big difference. House Republicans leading the investigation accused the president of taking bribes from foreign entities through his son Hunter during his time as vice president. You'll remember IRS whistleblowers have also accused the DOJ of giving Hunter Biden preferential treatment in his criminal case. The White House denies all those allegations. 513, President Biden getting an update yesterday on just how the South and much of the West is handling what has been just a nonstop heat wave this summer. San Antonio Mayor Ron Nirenberg says the city's pulling out all the stops when it comes to getting people into a place that has air conditioning. We have 80 cooling centers located all around the city. Pools, splash pads, libraries, etc. But it's not enough for everybody in Phoenix, right? The temps have been over 
110 degrees, 25 days in a row. Uh, next week in San Antonio, they'll vote on a $4 million plan to get more trees planted. They say that could help. The mayor says uh, that'll help shade the urban center. President called out Texas for a new law that takes powers away from local leaders, gives more authority to the state. Uh, he's worried what this might do for, uh, well, here, I'll let him explain. And we're offering free transportation. Oh, but that's not him. But here's more from the San Antonio mayor. Transportation to any resident who needs uh, to get located into one of those indoor cooling centers. Yeah, Nirenberg says the city has begun offering free rides to cooling centers. And for our homeless population, we are conducting extensive outreach to make sure that we can get them into cool places and, and nobody's out there in the elements. All right, 514. Lawmakers in D.C. at odds over gender-affirming care for minors. Medical professionals in schools increasingly see parents as, quote, transphobic bullies who must be prevented from standing in the way of the medical sexual transition of their own kids. This was during a House Judiciary Committee subcommittee yesterday. Louisiana Republican Mike Johnson says it's anything but affirming and caring, arguing adults are permanently altering the bodies of children who don't have the capacity to make those decisions on their own. Pennsylvania Democrat Mary Scanlon pushing back, though, saying Congress has no business interfering in parents' decisions to offer medical care for their kids. And the science is on the side of what we all know deep down is morally and ethically right. Yeah, it was all back and forth in Washington yesterday over this. The idea that politicians are more qualified to judge the medical value or necessity of gender-affirming care than every major medical organization is absurd. This will be a debate, no doubt, that will continue. Probably be a big part of the race for the White House in 2024. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy Friday, and good morning to you as well. Gnome, late in the Mets, they returned to the win column last night with a 2-1 to win at home against the Washington Nationals. The low-scoring affair was a duel between Kodai Senga and Washington's Josiah Gray on the mound with the two arms, both dealing six dominant innings of two-hit ball. Gray was slightly better, though, leaving the Mets in a one-run deficit for the eighth frame when Mark Canna ultimately played the hero and knocked in the go-ahead run from third in the form of Pete Alonso. Again, the one-two. And he hits it in the air along the right field line. Moving over is Thomas. Tagging in third. Alonso. Thomas makes the catch. Here comes Alonso. The throw to Kirk. He will save for the Mets have the lead. Great throw from right field by Thomas, who has a cannon. But Alonso just able to beat it home. Sacrifice fly for Marquette. Everybody else moves up a base, and the Mets lead two to one in the eighth. That call courtesy of SNY. They'll try and make it two in a row in game two of four with Washington set for tonight at 7 10 p.m. Max Scherzer gets to start against Washington's Mackenzie Gore. As for the Yanks, they open a three game set in Baltimore tonight. First place, Baltimore, best team in the AL at 7 05 p.m. against the Orioles. Garrett Cole is scheduled to take the hill against Baltimore's Grayson Rodriguez. Back to the Mets briefly here as they all but officially declared themselves sellers yesterday with the offloading of closer David Robertson in a trade to the Miami Marlins for two rookie league teenagers. Robertson took over the ninth inning role for the Mets after uh, star Edwin Diaz, you remember Noam, injured his knee during that World of Baseball Classic celebration. Robertson was stellar at the back end of a shaky bullpen. He was a highlight for the Mets this year, posting a 2.05 ERA over 44 innings, striking out 48 and saving 14 games. Over to Jets. Was well, that the biggest sign that they've just essentially given up on the season? If Yeah, doing pretty that? much, especially the return there, right, to two rookie league teenagers. I mean, they didn't get anything really of value that they could implement at the major league level. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an indication that uh, 
that they might uh, be uh, indulging in a bit of a fire sale here. Yeah, coming that's, up. I mean, as a fan, why would you go buy tickets and see a game if you, if the team has given up? Well, you wouldn't. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> Over to Jets land in the NFL. No. Aaron Rodgers restructured contract. It's already paying off for Gang Green with the team set to welcome in star free agent running back Dalvin Cook for a visit this weekend. The four-time Pro Bowl selection is due to arrive Friday for meetings and a physical. So look out for updates on that. And also out of the NFL, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow was carted off the field during Thursday's practice with an injury to his right calf. Head coach Zach Taylor did tell reporters Burrow was rolling to his right during drills when he pulled up short in what appeared to be a non-contact injury. He was later carted off the field. This would be his third training camp in a row where he had to uh, deal with a, uh, a bit of a major injury there. So prayers up for Joe Burrow. Here with sports on 77 WABC. No, I'm Justin Owen. WABC News Time 519. Let's go back down to D.C. Senator Dianne Feinstein appears to have been confused during a committee vote yesterday. California Democrat was called on to voice her vote during a Senate Appropriations Committee meeting. Here's what it sounded like. Yeah, just say I. Okay, just... So this is there's an aide behind her telling her just to say I. Okay, so listen again. Yeah, just say I. Okay, just I. Thank you, Senator Durbin, Senator Reid. I. Yeah, so the 89-year-old's moment coming a day after Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell froze during a news conference after he trailed off while speaking to reporters. I I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides $823 billion. That's an increase of $26 billion for the Department of Defense. So Feinstein, giving that little speech there when she was only supposed to say yay or nay to a vote, so just kind of a weird moment in D.C. Then you had Mitch McConnell uh, back after that moment where he froze up during a news conference on Wednesday. The Kentucky Republican uh, only wanted to speak about the same thing Feinstein was talking about, was defense issues, not what had taken place the day before. Like ranking member Wicker, Vice Chair Collins, and many other colleagues on both sides of the aisle, have been supportive of this important effort. Out-competing China is going to take a coalition of committed allies and partners. Yeah, he was just going to stay on the uh, speech that he wanted to give. Uh, President President Biden, by the way, uh, called to check on McConnell and joked that he got sandbagged in a reference to Biden tripping over a sandbag last month. Almost two years ago, the United States took an important step. Yeah, so again, he was... (laughs) He wanted nothing to do with talking about what had taken place on Wednesday. The good news is, is apparently he is feeling better. The uh, White House expanding a visa program that allows out-of-the-country college students in STEM fields to stay in the U.S. for three years after they graduate. That does not sit well at all with hardline immigration groups who feel it's a backdoor plan to break the cap on traditional visas. There are thousands and thousands of foreign nationals who are openly lying to Homeland Security about where they're working. John Fury, he's with the Center for Immigration Studies, says the only ones who benefit from this are the schools who continue to charge big bucks for tuition to international students. It's really a very frightening, fraud-filled program that doesn't benefit the American worker at all. Last year, the uh, program gave out about a half a million permits. That number is expected to rise thanks to these changes. Also in D.C. yesterday, a retired army, army colonel blaming the Biden administration for the chaotic pullout of Afghanistan. Our hasty actions set the conditions for the Afghan government's collapse. The Taliban slingshot to power 
and the loss of 20 years of hope and progress in the Afghan people. Colonel Seth Crumrick there says President Biden ignored the advice of top military officials, went forward with that hasty withdrawal. We have the moral responsibility to end the conflict and withdraw our military in a deliberate and responsible manner. We failed. Kumrich says the, they set the conditions for Afghanistan's quick collapse when we pulled out the Taliban rapidly taking over the country following the U.S. withdrawal back in 2021. A suicide bombing uh, at the airport killed 13 U.S. service members. There was very little evidence to suggest that the Biden administration's plan would work and a mountain range of evidence to suggest the plan would fail. 523, South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace made a room full of Christians uncomfortable at a GOP presidential candidate Tim Scott's prayer breakfast when she suggested uh, that she was almost late because her fiancé wanted to get busy with her early in the morning. Now, sometimes you have to know the room that you're walking into when you tell a story. Uh, my guess is a group of Christians might not be the place, but uh, Senator Scott hosted this event in South Carolina. Here's what it sounded like when South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace, who you hear all the time on Sid and Friends, got up to speak. And when I woke up this morning at 7, I, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed, and I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast, and I got to be on time. And a little TMI, but yeah. And at that moment, I think she realized, oh wait a minute, uh, uh, I'm talking to a group of Christians at a prayer breakfast. Um, I, you know, he can wait. He's got. We got. I'll see him later tonight. You know, sometimes you get in the middle of it and you don't know how to get out, and that was definitely the case right there. For about 25 seconds, you could see all of a sudden it hit her. Uh oh. I should probably move on to something else. And she tried to then redirect the conversation. Um, but I was here early today for you, Tim. And I think everybody, <laughs> everybody was here early for you today. And I think that's a true testament to your leadership, yeah, to your okay, faith. So she just went on. She got out of it. Uh, Tim Scott, by the way, considered by many to be just sort of a long shot, of course, for the White House. But he has seen a recent surge in the polls, reaching 11 percent support in Iowa, where the GOP presidential primary will kick off in January. 525, Randy Miser of the Eagles has passed away at the age of 77. And take it to the limit one more time. The band announced he passed away Wednesday night due to complications from COPD. In their announcement, they remembered Meisner as an integral part of the Eagles and instrumental in the early success of the band. The Eagles have won six Grammy Awards and are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm Trey Thomas. 526, let's bring it back home. FDNY Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh testifying, well, she was actually in D.C., for tougher lithium-ion battery regulations. Uh, she tells the Consumer Product Safety Commission it's critical for batteries to automatically stop charging or shut off once they reach a certain temperature. That's critical. You know, we do see that in a lot of other devices, especially uh, computers and cell phones, and we believe that's very critical. She also wants to make it more difficult for people to build so-called Frankenstein bikes, which means different parts of bikes coming from different manufacturers. Kavanaugh says experts would like to prevent lithium-ion batteries from working if they're not with their manufacturer that issue the charges. We both need to look at how to make them more tamper resistant, but also how to tell that they've been tampered with.
Yeah, she also wants it to make it difficult just to you buy off uh, off brand batteries uh, because there's been so many of these lithium ion battery fires here in New York City. And so she feels like she's an expert on it now. And that's why she wanted to testify in D.C. Um, they say Frankenstein bikes, but bikes that are pieced together, you know, both the battery, the bike, the charger, even parts of the bike didn't come. They all came from different manufacturers. And again, that substantially increases the risk. Yeah, more than 130 fires have been caused by lithium ion batteries here in the city so far this year, killing 13 people, which is just outrageous. We are just getting started on this Friday morning. So much more to get to as we work our way up six o'clock, sit in friends in the morning, an amusement park ride at Rye Playland would not stop. We'll talk to some of the people who are on that ride and how they eventually got it to stop. Uh, who locks a two-year-old inside a hot car? Uh, well, someone did it in New Jersey. We'll tell you about that story before the morning is out. Uh, big rallies yesterday in Queens. They want to move migrants to two places in Queens and neighbors there pushing back hard, trying to make that stop from uh, happening. And um, the uh, the search for a dog in Bayonne and how they got this dog and brought him back home. It's a great story. We'll get into that as well. But first, this at 530. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Friday, July 28th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine hot today, high 94. Saturday, uh, sun and clouds. Chance of afternoon thunderstorms, high 92. And then we get much more comfortable temperatures come. Sunday, Sunday, more clouds than sun, high 82. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 73, partly cloudy in Nanuet up in Rockland County, 72 and cloudy in Alamuchi down in New Jersey, and it is 75 and foggy here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour out in Queens, a heated rally yesterday, two of them actually, against the Humanitarian Relief Center in Queens that's set to be set up there. A thousand male migrants would live in this tent city. The mayor's office announcing Wednesday that the tents will go up at the parking lots of the Creedmoor Psychiatric Center. Uh, people who live in that neighborhood say it's just not a great place to put these people and they want to know what kind of protections they'll have once these men are put there. Another center for migrants is planned in Queens at a former private school in College Point. And residents there, they're fired up last night saying they don't want it there either. I don't know what the answer is. But somebody has to come up with an answer and help these people. There's a middle school right on the corner, which I work, and there's teenage girls there. And it's not safe. Councilwoman Vicki Palladino says a total of 300 migrants, including women's and family, will be bused to the former St. Agnes Academy High School for three months. Uh, the facility would become a migrant center, a temporary shelter. That's where they're being told. I own a home here. My property value will go down to nothing. I mean, I've worked my whole life here. Councilwoman Palladino says buses expected to arrive at St. Agnes beginning today. They'll continue to come through Monday. Now, St. Agnes is slated to be open in 2026 as a public school, and they were rebuilding it in the process. Now that construction will stop, 
uh, and uh, wait for these migrants to have what they say will be just three months at the school. Once they are bussed out of there, they say the construction of that new public school will continue. And then you had Mayor Adams, who headed to D.C. yesterday to ask the Biden administration yet again for help with this migrant crisis. He says he's not getting enough from D.C. He went along with the congressional delegation. Uh, delegation. They joined him in D.C. to make the point that uh, they need help. They met with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Afterwards, Congress members say the meeting was constructive, yielded some commitments, but not enough from D.C. We cannot afford to have a situation where individuals are waiting for hearings and can't work. In fact, they should be required to work because if they're working, that's more tax money for us. And then they would not have to receive any taxpayer dollars or anything. That's Congressman Gregory Meeks uh, after the meeting this week. Uh, 54 state and city elected officials signed on to a letter asking President Biden to declare a state of emergency here, among other demands, so they could get more aid to help with these migrants who, by the way, continue to be bussed in from the U.S.-Mexico border. It's not at numbers that it was in the spring where it was a couple thousand a week in certain weeks. Now it's hundreds. Uh, but I can tell you as I go through the Port Authority bus terminal, they're still coming in. Uh, and uh, by the hundreds, not by the thousands, but they're still coming in. And uh, as the mayor said, they've run out of room, places to house them all. 535, that uh, happens as New York City going to move forward with another affordable housing project. Governor Hochul says Five World Trade in lower Manhattan is now a parking lot. It'll soon become a 1,200-unit apartment building, and one-third of the units will be permanent affordable housing. We can and we will build our way out of this affordability crisis because the past has not worked for us, my friends. That's one of the drivers of why people are leaving our state. A portion of housing will be allocated to families that were living and working in lower Manhattan during the 9-11 attacks. The roughly $65 million plan received final approval and crews are set to break ground next year. Hochul highlighting the thousands of union jobs, she says, that'll create. And as you can tell, there's a drumbeat. We're going to keep marching forward every single week. We'll find a way to build more housing because New Yorkers deserve it. To the terrorists on 9-11 who tried to destroy a way of life, thought they could bring us down. But we did more than just survive. We thrived. Yeah, I mean, Lower, Man- lower Manhattan has definitely flourished uh, since the 9-11 attacks become a big place for New Yorkers to move and live. WABC News Time 539. Just a crazy scene at Rye Playland up in Westchester County at the amusement park there. There's a ride called the Music Express. This is one of those rides where you sit and you go in a circle and the ride goes around and around pretty fast. And then it goes backwards uh, a little bit and you go pretty fast. I don't know, this isn't one of those rides that's hard to describe, but you've seen it. It's at every single amusement park. Well, the Music Express, as it's called, uh, started to go backwards, and then it would not stop. All of a sudden, the ride malfunctioned, and these people were going backwards at a pretty high rate of speed for a long period of time as they tried to figure out, like, do we pull the plug? How do we get this thing to stop? We're human. You know, our bodies can only handle so much. They absolutely did not have the proper protocols to stop that ride. I believe the the workers that are um, handling the ride 
should know what to do in a case like that. There is great TikTok video of these engineers running to the ride after they were told that it would not stop. And these people were going backwards for about three minutes. And uh, the first thing to do was just try to turn off the emergency power. That didn't stop anything. Then I guess it's it is sort of essentially pulling the cord, which is what they did. Uh, Playland's general manager, Jeff Davis, says uh, the unwanted thrill ride was due to an electrical malfunction. Thankfully, everybody on the ride. Uh, fine. Uh, they got a little more than a thrill than they wanted. Safety is our number one priority here at the park. That's why we have trained ride operators, trained ride mechanics, procedures in place. Yeah, so they got the people off the ride. Some of them were pretty upset that they once they realized that the ride was not going to stop. Others were, hey, I got you know four extra minutes or so of a ride. That was more of a thrill than I was expecting. Uh, people were at the park uh, yesterday. The ride was closed. I think it's very important because uh, the safety of everyone who comes here, it matters to the park. Because like, if they don't really inspect all the rides, something bad could happen. It's one of our favorite rides. I mean, usually when I take my daughter here, took her here last year, we was fine. Everything was never a problem. Yeah, it is a fun ride, though. The Music Express, as it's called, will be closed until they figure out exactly what went wrong and made it go backwards for so long. 541 uh, out to Summit, New Jersey. Bad day for this happened. A babysitter taking care of a two-year-old in Summit. When she slams the door and realizes that she's locked the two-year-old inside the car. And, of course, what was an incredibly hot day. Just saw a few fire trucks and a few police cars come in. Um, I was working over on the field over there. So it's super hot out. It's scary because... It happens all the time. I hear stories about it. Yeah, well, she did the right thing, this babysitter, once she realized that the keys were locked in the car with the two-year-old. This was near uh, Soldiers Memorial Field. Chicago the Fire Department, they raced over. We're all the helper. The child was in the car for nine minutes, which is a long time. Days like today were very hot and humid. The last 10 minutes, especially for an infant, that, that can be fatal. Yeah, uh, thank God that uh, that infant, that two-year-old, uh, I guess a two-year-old's really a toddler, is okay. New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer pushing for federal legislation that aims at making schools safer. The Democrat joining with lawmakers across the aisle and the families of the 2018 Parkland school shooting, including Lori Adolph, to announce this bipartisan legislation. We all need to come together as Republicans and Democrats swiftly move Alyssa's Act and the Strengthening Our Schools Act through the legislative process. Don't sit idly by until the next tragic school shooting. Alyssa's Act would require silent panic alarms be placed in schools, notify law enforcement in an active shooter event. Another piece of legislation would put funding towards the school resource officers to ensure every school has a first responder on campus in the event of emergency. And everyone will understand that safety has to come before education because you cannot teach dead kids. Many are in schools now already. Investing in school resource officers is simply common sense, and their presence in the halls of our kids' schools can help save lives. 543, let's go out to Long Island. The search by investigators of Rex Uerman's home, of course, ended on Tuesday afternoon following what was a 12-day search. All of the surrounding blocks open again to uh, uh, traffic. rather. Detectives yesterday 
escorted Alex uh, Rex Uerman's family back to the home. Uh, his wife, Asa, was uh, visibly upset as she returned to the house. Uh, there were reporters there shouting questions to her. She told them to go away and that she had nothing to say. She has filed for divorce from Uerman following his arrest in those Gilgo Beach uh, murders. Um, and uh, don't know if she's going to live there full time. We were trying to figure that out. Uh, or if she was just back at the house to collect her things, we don't. Maybe she doesn't have the money to go anywhere else. How weird and bizarre would that be if she had to stay in that house? Uh, meanwhile, uh, he, her ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband uh, Rex Shewerman is behind bars. The Suffolk County Sheriff telling us how he's spending his time there. He has participated in yard. He's receiving mail. He's making phone calls, and so he's uh, acclimating. Uh, I, I guess to the best of his ability. And he does get some recreation hours that are uh, solely for himself. Uh, he's not allowed to interact with any other inmates. We do not have him interacting with anyone else in the general population uh, for his protection and also the protection of the other inmates and, of course, my staff. Hewerman uh, remains on suicide watch today. Uh, officers uh, are watching him uh, around the clock, apparently, in this prison in Suffolk County. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noma Layden. Start here with the Mets. They returned to the win column last night with a 2-1 to win at home against the Washington Nationals. Low-scoring affair. It was a duel between Kodai Senga and Washington's Josiah Gray on the mound with the two arms, both dealing six dominant innings of two-hit ball. Gray was slightly better, though, leaving the Mets in a one-run deficit before the eighth frame when Mark Canna ultimately played hero and knocked in the go-ahead run from third in the form of Pete Alonso. Again, the one-two. And he hits it in the air along the right field line. Moving over is Thomas. Tagging third Alonso. Thomas makes the catch. Here comes Alonso. The throw. He will save for the Mets have the lead. Great throw from right field by Thomas, who has a cannon. But Alonso just able to beat it home. Sacrifice fly for Marcana. Everybody else moves up the base. And the Mets lead 2-1 in the eighth. That call courtesy of SNY. They'll try and make it two in a row in game two of four with Washington set for tonight at 7.10 p.m. Max Scherzer gets to start against Washington's Mackenzie Gore. As for the Yanks, they open a three-game set in Baltimore tonight at 7.05 p.m. against the Orioles. Garrett Cole is scheduled to take the hill against Baltimore's Grayson Rodriguez. And back to the Mets briefly here as they all but officially declared themselves sellers yesterday with the offloading closer David Robertson in a trade to the Miami uh, Marlins. For two rookie league teenagers, Robertson took over the ninth-inning role for the Mets after star Edwin Diaz injured his knee during that World Baseball Classic celebration. Robertson was stellar at the back end of a shaky bullpen, posting a 2.05 ERA over 44 innings, striking out 48 and saving 14 games for the Orange and Blue. Over to Jetsland now, where Aaron Rodgers' restructured contract is already paying off for Gang Green, with the team set to welcome in star free agent running back Dalvin Cook for a visit this weekend. The four-time Pro Bowl selection is due to arrive Friday for meetings and a physical, so look out for updates on that. That could be a big pickup for the Jets. And also out of the NFL, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow was carted off the field during Thursday's practice with an injury to his right calf. Coach Zach Taylor told reporters Burrow was rolling to his right during drills when he pulled up short in what appeared to be a non-contact injury. 
He was later carted off. He was later, I should say, carted off the field. Oh, that's was, not good. Carted off is never good. No, never good. But a calf strain. Now, usually when they say non-contact injury, people get worried about, uh, you know, a knee, an ACL tear, an MCL tear. So uh, a calf strain in that regard after non-contact injury is brought up is actually probably pretty good news for Bengals fans out there. So, uh, no, that's your sports on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. For sure, the heat and humidity will be one of them. Excessive heat warnings, advisories in effect again today. Everybody who was out and about, you know, commenting about how hot it was. Drink a lot of water. It's just ridiculously hot. Really too hot to ride. My bike? Oh, no, it's pretty cool. Doesn't bother me, you know. Little sun. Yeah, it didn't bother me that much when I was out yesterday. Uh, swimming facilities across the state going to be open later here in the city. Uh, public pools, public beaches will be open an hour later. Definitely have some water. Stay hydrated and make sure you stay with the AC. I think it's a climate disaster, and I think we're all going to have to get used to burning. Yeah, everybody's got their own thought that this is the first heat wave really here of the summer, and the rest of the nation's been hit hard. Uh, ice cream truck driver in Midtown says, yeah, business pretty brisk. Definitely high demand. <laughs> a lot more than usual. The uh, search for AC, of course, that's what it's all about. Uh, people out buying units. This guy bought one for his window. Yeah, window units. Yeah. 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 How is it? Uh, it's good as long as you have it on a few minutes before you actually walk into the house or leave it on before you go through your groceries and stuff. Of course, there's the serious side to this. If you don't have AC, just uh, 400 cooling centers are open. Uh, Mayor Adams holding a press conference yesterday talking about how the heat index will reach about 105 degrees likely today, and that will be deadly probably for some New Yorkers. Uh, He kills uh, more New Yorkers every year than any other kind of extreme weather event. And access to cooling is a matter of life and death. Of course, it's not just people, it's pets too. The city actually partnering with Petco to allow New Yorkers to bring their pets to certain Petco locations so they can cool down too. Everyone should avoid strenuous outdoor activities, especially during the hottest part of the day. If you are outdoors or have to be outdoors, limit activity. I can also not emphasize enough the importance of prioritizing your well-being during this heat wave. Hydrating regularly is essential. Make sure you consume adequate amounts of water. And just tragedy, Coney Island, two teenage brothers out in the ocean. Uh, People on the beach had told them not to go into the water yesterday, but it was awfully hot. They were going in to cool off. This is near West 22nd Street. It was about 1 in the afternoon. 15-year-old and 16-year-old brothers in the water. The current apparently pretty strong. They both got pulled out. There were some people on the sand, good Samaritans who raced in to try to save them. I told them three or four times to stop jumping and stop playing in the water if you don't know how to swim. Then I saw everybody screaming, screaming. I wake up and I say, oh, my God, somebody's running, somebody's running. Yeah, there was panic on the beach. Lucky for them, one of these guys on the sand is a New York City firefighter who raced and was able to get to the 16-year-old but could not get to the 15-year-old. And so the search was on until it got dark last night. They'll search again for him this morning. They couldn't find him. Lifeguards sprawled out in a grid search until FDNY and NYPD. Yeah, so the firefighter um, the who was there said he was uh, he just, you know, he 
couldn't believe that he wasn't able to get to the other teenager, and he said that's what he will take away from this moment yesterday. It sucked that I couldn't save both of them. You know? I mean, it was great we saved one, but I felt like I did half a job today. And the mother of these two teen boys was there as well, and you can imagine how god-awful it was for her. I hope they find him soon because it's been quite a while. I, I wish we could have saved him. The mom, she was very... Um like distraught, she, she ended up falling to the floor. Yeah, I can only imagine. 553, uh, the uh, other big stories of the day. Former President Trump blasting the Justice Department for what he calls abuse after more charges were filed against him in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case. Trump told Fox News Digital Thursday that this is what you get for leading the polls for the White House in 2024, calling the charges ridiculous. Special Counsel Jack Smith is adding one defendant to the prior indictment against Trump and aide Walt Nada, along with an additional charge of willful retention and two new obstruction counts. Trump and Nada have already both pleaded not guilty to federal charges related to the documents. I'm Brian Shook. And at the White House yesterday, they said they were ruling out a pardon for the president's son, Hunter Biden. No. That was uh, the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, who was asked about a pardon for the president's son. And it was a one word answer. No, it's not going to happen. She repeated the Justice Department is uh, independent. And she says that the president respects the rule of law. The Department of Justice is independent. We give them the space to be independent uh, and we respect the rule of law. Of course, this was a big week for the Biden family. Hunter expected to plead guilty to misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay income taxes as part of a deal with the Department of Justice that was announced last month. But the judge raised questions over the terms of that deal this week and asked both sides to file additional briefs explaining the plea deal's legal structuring. So for a while, it looked like this deal had fallen through. It's not 100 percent clear that it's going to. And then you had uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he's only considering an impeachment impeachment inquiry into President Biden at this time, not impeachment. Here he explains. What impeachment inquiry does when you vote on the floor, it gives you the apex of power of Congress. Yes, so an impeachment inquiry, not an impeachment. Let's bring it back home. And uh, people love to buy creepy stuff online. And listen to this. Rex Hewerman, he's the uh, 59-year-old accused in the Gilgo Beach murders. Uh, his 1977 junior high school yearbook is selling on eBay today for 995 bucks. Now, nobody's bought it yet, but just the fact that it's up there tells you there's an industry for this. A victim advocate who works for an organization called Crime Stoppers um, Victim Services uh, talking to News 12 about this industry of monetizing people who are accused or found guilty of crimes. This is probably just the beginning of the merchandising and marketing of Hewerman. This is, you know, there's the good forms of capitalism and there's the bad forms. And as much as I'm a firm believer in free enterprise and capitalism, I do think you have to draw the line. And where we draw the line is this industry that we've now called murderabilia. And murderabilia is apparently really big. People, will, they'll get like a signed copy of something from a serial killer, pay big money for I've it. I've been uh, dealing with the murderabilia industry for over 20 some odd years. And one thing I've learned is when you get a infamous name or someone that's attached or charged with serial killings, 
items eventually will be put up for sale. Let me ask the uh, obvious question is, who in the right mind would want Rex Huerman's uh, yearbook? How creepy. But there is an industry out there for it. Some states have laws against what is called notoriety for profit. New York used to have this legislation. It was called the Son of Sam Law, of course, after those murders named for David Berkowitz. It was overturned in 1991. So uh, in New York, it's okay. You can sell this stuff. So uh, if you have $995 and you're really into serial murders, Rex Huerman's 1977 junior high school yearbook is up for sale today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.